So, I have a lot of ideas flowing around in my head. It's the feast of the Most Holy Trinity. It's often been labeled, this feast has been labeled the preacher's nightmare. Because what do you say about the Trinity? You just get up here and be it's three persons, one God, I'm done. There's no way to explain it. It's so far beyond us. And isn't it nice that Father Johnson decided to take this week off? It's certainly a difficult feast, but I would rank it maybe as one of the highest. Right up with Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of the Christian faith. It is the mystery of God in himself. It is therefore the source of all other mysteries of faith and the light that enlightens them. The Trinity is our vision. In the book of Proverbs, it says, without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, we don't thrive. And there are a lot of visions right now of what it means to be human. And I think those visions are causing us to merely survive, not thrive. So take example, something that doesn't thrive, like the Minnesota Vikings. They have no vision. They have no vision. If you ever watch a game, you're like, every time I watch a game with people, they're like, what are you doing? That's a common Minnesota Vikings saying. They have no vision. So what is our vision? Our vision is the Trinity. We are created in the image and likeness of God. Our vision, our goal is to imitate God. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to who we were created to be. What is God? God is three persons subsisting within one nature of love. I don't think we meditate on this enough. And it's not like there's just these three persons and they're all just like, oh, you're great, no, you're great, no, you're great, no, you're great. It's like this dynamic play, this dance of reckless love. And the more we enter into reckless love, in communion with other people, the more we image the Trinity and the more joy we experience. There is no hatred. There is no discord. There is no anger in God. And it's not like God is just a loving being. That's important to know. God is the essence of love. He is love itself. And so what is love? Love is that. Love is laying down our lives for the ones that we love. As I said, in today's day and age, there's these different understandings of what, it me- what vision we should have for us to be human. And I often hear, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but there's this delineation that exists in the modern day and age between spiritual and religious. You hear this very often, oh, he's a very spiritual person. 
Does he go to church? No, but he's a very spiritual person. He doesn't mess around with all that religion stuff. And for the longest time, I was like, what is the difference between spiritual and religious? And I once had somebody explain it to me. Spiritual is this. I believe in God, but on my terms. God conforms to me. God is created in my image and likeness. And I get to pray and act the way I want. The problem with this vision is, is that it never calls anybody to real holiness. You don't have to grow, there's no incentive. I mean, just, I believe in God, things are great, I can do whatever I want. But this is crazy. Think of anything in life, you have to work at it to be good, huh? You don't just stumble into greatness. You get great by working at it, by pouring your heart and your soul into it. I just recently, I had two weddings yesterday, back to back. It's the first time I've ever done that in my life, and it's probably the last time I'm ever going to do that in my life. But it was really great, but I, when I was preparing for these, the homilies for the weddings, they coincided a lot. And I read this article about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, did you know he practiced three, a minimum of three hours a day just on his jump shot? That's not, we're not talking about the workouts, what he was eating, layups, three-pointers, just his jump shot. You remember when he tried to play baseball? That didn't work out so well. They said that when he was in the batting cages, he would come out and his batting gloves would be ripped and his hands would be bleeding. That guy worked. And it just so happened, he was the best. I once had a student who was really good at basketball, and I said to him in class one time, I said, do you believe you're a good basketball player? He said, yeah, I do. But obviously, Father, I still need a lot of work. And I told him, okay, do you think that I'm a good basketball player? And he said, no, Father, you're not. And I said, but I believe with all of my heart that I'm a good basketball player. And he said, I don't care. You're not any good. And plus, when you come and play in the gym with us, you always cheat. <laughs> and I said, well, that's because that's the way I want to play basketball. And he said to me, it's very telling, he said, Father, to be great at something, you have to really work at it every day, and you have to play by the rules. And I turned to the whole class and I said, why is it any different when we're dealing with our salvation then? Why in every other aspect of the created order are there rules that you have to follow for it to be enjoyable? If I just got on the piano tonight and started hammering away, hitting just bang, 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 and I got up and I stood before you all and I bowed. I said, thank you for coming to the concert tonight. I know it was quite beautiful. I'll be playing next week as well. No, there's rules to playing piano. There's technique. If you don't follow it, you're no good at it. There's a vision for what it means to be a great pianist. There is a vision for what it means to be a great basketball player. And there is a vision about what it means to be a great saint. And the vision is given to us today in this feast. 
You don't need things to be a great saint. You don't need things to have joy in your life. You need people. You need relationship. You need communion. And you need it to be done in love. The greatest lesson that the Trinity taught us is on that cross. You want joy, you want love, then love others more than you love yourself. That's the vision. Conform your life to that vision and you will be joyful, you will be holy, you will be a saint. You were created for communion, to love and to be loved, to recklessly give yourselves for others without thinking about yourselves. Because that's how God loves us. He wasn't thinking about himself up there. He was thinking about us. I've been telling this story a lot recently, but it's just so dang good. I once presided over a funeral of a man who had lost his 80-year-old wife. They were so in love and so happy. And I just went up to him and I said, Sir, what is the secret to your happiness and your love that you share with your wife? And he said to me, Father, it's easy. I just loved her more than I loved myself. And she did the same for me. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. That's the vision. And the most telling thing I said to him, I said, sir, because I had no idea how long he was married. I said, sir, how long were you married to your beautiful bride? And he said, father, not long enough. Not long enough. Imagine at the end of your lives, if you can say that. Imagine if all of us could say that. How beautiful life would be. The more we image the Holy Trinity, the more we live like God does. And the more we live like God does, the more we live the lives that we were created for. The Most Holy Trinity, this great feast, teaches us how to be human and how to be saints.